Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Ultra Crew Hub podcast. Mason and I are excited to bring you this hilarious and entertaining conversation with Jennifer St. Armand and her crew team, Alex, Brian, and Sarah. If you don't know, she was the very last official finisher to cross over the finish line in the 2023 Western States, or what we like to call in the ultra runner's terms, DFL. We know Jennifer is forever grateful for this crew team, and they deserve a little piece of this achievement. So whatever you're doing right now while you're listening, I hope you learn a little and laugh a lot. Enjoy. Um, yeah, thanks for you guys all um, taking the time and joining in on, on this. We appreciate it. Um, our background and where we started this Ultra Crew Hub was because of my wife wanting to figure out how or ideas on, on crewing me on the races that I was entering because there was nothing for her to really find any information on. It was it was like the race direct. The books were okay. Some of them were really good, um, but some of them weren't as good. And going 10 Google pages deep was becoming very annoying trying to figure out the logistics behind crewing an event. So we started Ultra Crew Hub. Um, and that's, yeah, it's kind of blossomed into, we have the website, we podcast, we're putting out a couple videos on YouTube. We just did a Wasatch 100 crew video, but yeah, we just want to bring the community, um, experience from crews across the board from multiple races and yeah, just let the crew and put the spotlight on them and give them their, their podium to stand on and, and talk to people in the community on how to crew these events. So that's where we're at. Yeah. Like what to expect. Everybody went, the majority of those people went blindly into these events. And this is what we're trying to do is just give some sort of visual onto the expectations to expect, I should say. So um, hopefully that conversation, this conversation will do such. Yeah. And any tips and tricks that people have learned along the way, you know, yeah. if somebody wants to, if we ever did one on Zumbro, it'd be great to hear the stories about frozen equipment because <laughs> right. people don't know. Be prepared. Yes. Like you said, Sarah, just the seasons of every loop. Some days, some years it's really hot. I mean, we've had the years at Zumbra where we've gotten just completely sunburned because it's so hot. That's very rare, though. I don't know. My first year, well, not my my first one was in the hail, but my next Zumbra was, it was so hot. (laughs) You should write a a book, Sarah. It sounds like you experienced every <laughs> every season for sure all right so that's a little bit on us and uh yeah we'll just we'll just kick it off and get started so jen if you want to start off tell us about yourself and then introduce your team and then we'll just go down through through all the team members on your crew and chat okay race and then get into the race sure i'm jen samond i'm i don't know what else to say about myself <laughs> that's who i am um I'm a recruiter for the Minnesota Army National Guard. I'm a mom of four. Um, I own a hobby farm. <laughs> and I like to do ultra running. I've been running since I was 17 um, for the military. Nice. And I ran Western States recently. And finished. And finished it. <laughs> and I brought along with me my crew, which is Alex Bartley. Brian Mansky and Sarah Chapman. Um, I chose my crew based off the fact that all of them have in the past helped me at various races. Um, as you might imagine, getting into Western States, it is a lottery and it's hard to get into. And as soon as you get in, everybody's clam. I've got, I got like so many emails 
Um, but I wanted to definitely bring the people who've already supported me and reward them with that experience, hopefully. I don't know if that's what you wanted about me, but that's what you're doing. No, that's 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 absolutely perfect. Just give a little context to the people around. I like that. No, that was perfect. I mean I do have to ask, what's a hobby hobby farm? Oh, I mean, I just have like acreage and I have like animals. Like Oh, gotcha. Okay. Stuff like that, right? Not we're not serious yeah. farmers. Like we all have other jobs. Gotcha. We don't make money. You're in Minnesota. You're in Minnesota as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So originally I'm from Canada. But joined the Minnesota or joined the actually you joined the U.S. Army first, and then okay. um, met my husband while I was on active duty, and he's from Minnesota, and so I relocated here. Nice. Yeah, awesome. live here in Minnesota. Woo woo. Four, I think there's four of us. Is Sarah yep. are you in Minnesota too? Okay, Mansky, come on, stuff up your jump game. the river. I know uh, he's he's basically a Minnesotan. He's just <laughs> good so we'll just continue down the down the chain so courtney dewalter he was like go minnesota everybody and that but and then he quickly said that's the only time i'll say go minnesota yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> go out on the limb for us i sent her to her at hard rock <laughs> totally out with her yeah I get it. So, um, Alex, do you want to give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, my name's Alex Bartley. I live in Plainview, Minnesota. Um, I, um, I do run a lot. I've ran <laughs> multiple hundred. Um, I, I volunteer a lot at all the Rock Steady races. Um, oh, I'm, I've paced Jen multiple times at many different races, and also we run together in training frequently. Is that how you two met? Yeah. Okay. We actually met at Hickson 50. Yeah. Oh. We met at, a, at the start of race. We were up front. We're like, yeah, we're just going to win this. <laughs> <laughs> and you went in and did, right? And you took first one and two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just talking. And Sarah. Yeah. Uh, you want to give us a little bit of in Rochester. Um, I've known Jen for probably about 10 years now. I've crewed her for almost all of her hundreds, uh, with the exception of her first superior, because I was running that also, and the one that she ran on her own. So she just took <laughs> off to Texas and didn't tell anyone she was going until she was there. So I did not crew her for that one. But the rest of her hundreds, I've been with her. Um I run not near as much as the rest of these people do, but I've done a couple of hundreds, and yeah, that's about it. Nice. <laughs> I tried to kill myself in the Grand Canyon. Oh, you did? Uh, and I did rim to rim to rim last weekend. Oh, nice. How was it? Uh, it was really great until the last 10 miles where I completely fell apart. Probably <laughs> <laughs> so. I also decided to make things a little bit more challenging on myself and dislocated my thumb the week before, so I was running it in a cast. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that, 
makes makes it challenging. Just a little bit yeah. more weight for you. It, no big deal. Poor John had to put up with me suffering. <laughs> but we got it done and I self-rescued and nobody else had to come get us. Yeah, and we made it out alive. It's a good story. <laughs> I love that you did that. That's on our that's on the list. Definitely oh, worth okay. it. Um, despite the suffering at the end. It was so worth it. I'm glad I have Yeah, but make yeah, I'm glad story. I you know if it was like yeah. that was so easy, we just absolutely strolled room to room. Definitely glad I have Jen who would be like me. Yeah. <laughs> um Mansky. Tell the audience who you are. I'm uh, I'm Mansky. I I live on the correct side of the midst of it. And uh, I have also been doing some of these ultras for the last 10 years or so uh, into the trail racing scene now, so several hundreds. And uh, the one race that Jen did not, or that Sarah did not pace Jen and the one I paced Jen had through a mutual friend also that I had met at another local event in the area. So uh, you kind of get that feel that, right, every, you know, we, this is a large community, but it's pretty small in the Midwest as far as trail running goes and kind of know people and meet really great individuals. So uh, through that friend, they uh, said, hey, I know somebody that, you know, would be a good case that you could possibly help up at uh superior hundred and so that was how i first met jen uh i thought why not meet somebody new and go run 60 miles on a trail with them overnight for their first hundred and uh that was a that was a very fun experience uh we won't go into (laughs) (laughs) we got to know each other really well (laughs) we do like that Happens on the trail, stays, stays in So, you something funny about that is that we met during the race. We met at the 45 mile mark. Like, I had to love that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, that's that was a really amazing experience for me, like to have somebody come and do that for me. And actually, like last year, somebody offered, somebody asked me to do that. So, like, most of the time on this race, people don't run like the in, they don't like pace for the entire end of it. So it's actually about 60 miles, isn't it? Isn't it like 60? Yeah, so it's 60 miles and he pays for me the whole thing. So basically, 100k. Wow. Right. Yes. So I was asked to go pay someone and I was like, you know what? I am going to do the same thing. Although I hate this race and I hate this course, I'm going to go. I got to move it forward. Yes. So I um, did that for someone else, and this person happened to be from Auburn, California. Okay. And had never run Western States, told me all about Western States during the 100K that I ran with them, and then I got picked in the lottery that year. That is so right. weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, Stars aligned. One other, weird thing, <laughs> one other weird thing about it is that it was a guy that I volunteer with that said, hey, do you know anybody? That is could that's right. possibly pay somebody at, that's going to be there, and I said, "Yeah, I think Jen is going to be there," and so then I gave her him her number, and that's how it got started. So it's even yeah, a little and bit you more. didn't know 
yeah, you didn't even know that guy, and no. I didn't know the guy that told you. Like, it was yeah. really strange. That it was like all space. Huh. So <laughs> random. That was. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. when you think about it like that, when you actually like zoom out on that picture of how that all aligned. It is. Small world, you know, you start to realize in this running community because all of a sudden the spider webbing of knowledge of everybody starts to come forward. Yep. Cool. For sure. Um, yeah, that was great. And then. Yeah, I think that's everybody. <clears throat> so, yeah, we can just dive right into it and get started. So what we typically like to do is just start out with with any accommodations prior to the race. You know, how did that look for you guys? Did you book out far in advance or was it something kind of off the cusp? Where did you stay? Um, kind of how was Olympic Village, pack a pickup and things like that. So this looks like this is going to be a good one if she's already laughing. Let, let me preface by we we talked to Katie Asmuth already and it was it was about this race, obviously. And she couldn't be more excited to hear this podcast because, you know, she was front of the pack. And then we're going to be talking to the back of the pack. And she's like, I'm so interested in what the back of the pack she's so excited. process is because their their process was mind-blowing. And so it's just going to be, we, we all know just what life is like crewing in general, regardless of the race. So I'm so excited to kind of kind of hear the timeline and process that, that you guys kind of went through. So don't leave out any details because we're very excited. For sure. But um, yeah. So <laughs> so I I'm not really sure where to start. Um I guess the the ride out there, like just like before that, or like like all I did was book <laughs> I just booked on Airbnb a few days and it was I did not I did not I did not actually like I went for like a cheaper place and I didn't want to be at elevation because I, I've always subscribed to the belief that, you know, if you're not coming from elevation, don't even try to get used to it because for me, like it's that in-between stage that is worse. So uh-huh. it's either you're all the way used to it or you're not, you know, or you're not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to be used to it. I try to stay out of it as much as possible. As a matter of fact, um, but I actually decided to drive from Okay. Oh, okay. well that had to be a fun little journey in the, in itself right there. That's another yeah. podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah and I drove out and the boys flew in and each to different airports, one to Sac- <laughs> Sacramento and the other one to Reno. And it's it actually worked out in the middle of us driving, we found out we needed to be there a day early. <laughs> <laughs> we're already in like wyoming <laughs> we're like oh we better like not spend too much time bring it around <laughs> in this bottle we gotta keep moving uh, oh yeah we really we did kind of wing it a lot right like i i mean i had a place for us to stay but okay. if we didn't have like an agenda other than we need to like any other race gotta just be there at pack and pick up and get your stuff um so, and be ready to run. So essentially, is yep. we're just show up, just eating, be eating at the yeah. right times. Sure, <laughs> we everybody knows their place. Yeah, I remember um, Brian was like, "Hey, are you going to be there? Like, it's the things start like on I don't know, I think it was like Thursday or something. 
I'm like, no, I actually have zero interest in going there early. I only want to be there to pick up my packet. That's it. That like yeah. freaks me out. Like to be huh. sure. Friends, like everybody's like, and even that day, like literally was like a lot for me because we had a hard time getting food because there's so many people and so much, gotcha. you know, lines and everything. And it was just like, I just want, and we were at elevation when we went to pack a pickup and I could already start to feel it. And I'm like, let's just, you know, as soon as they had a race talk, I guess, schedule thing and couldn't, I couldn't hear it. So it was just like, this time to go. <laughs> so That's that time, buddy. We're out. Yeah. You know, okay, and then, wait, you, you drove and you, um, you guys got there on what, Thursday? I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> was it Thursday, you guys? Yeah. Because we, it was really strange. So we get there and we had maybe an hour or, Okay, no, wait, what's there? Tell people who what's there. We get to Reno. Oh, sorry. We get to Reno and we pick up Alex about an hour. We like went downtown Reno for a little while and messed around just to, you know, for some time. Yep. On the way there, we stopped in two different places. So yeah, not been here if I'm a little long time ago. Remember. So was it Yeah, I know. Was it okay, did we stop at Wanamaka? What's that place again? Wanamaka. Wanamaka. Right. What a luck. And we stopped to, I think there, we stopped to Laramie yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. On the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It is terrible. Long. A terrible hotel. <laughs> terrible. Like in, it, in Laramie. There were hookers. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The sign was busted out in the hotel. Was this in is this in Laramie? That was yeah, that was Laramie. What's Laramie? <laughs> There's my eyes there. It was gross, you guys. Like I was like, like, how cheap can we do it? And we're like, okay, let's try it. Like one night. I'm sure there's <laughs> left in the car. I've been to a deployment. This isn't gonna kill me, right? Just saying, we have to cut some them. wipes. We have to get some Lysol wipes. I, I finally. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can end this podcast right now because this has been this has been this is gold. Oh, Let's just say it right. Me. All right, thanks, Let's just guys. For the next half hour. Okay. Okay. So you arrive in Reno on Thursday. Yes. Okay. Pick up Alex. Yeah, we pick up pick up Alex, and then we have to leave right away because we we had like I think it was two hours later we had to pick up Brian, and we were about two hours from. Sacramento, so we had to drive directly. It like worked out perfect, actually, and we didn't even plan this like that. So we were got we just got really lucky that way. So we picked him up. Gosh, and I don't even know what happened after that. That's <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of, lot of thought or pre-plan. A good one. No, but things fell into place. It works. It's been working. Everything, yeah. everything worked out the way it always. <laughs> there okay. shopping. There's last minute impulse shopping for race items, as always. You know, I, I know I'm not alone in this. Like everyone. No, no, you're definitely. I think. Well, hey, Jen, I'm. I have about. I have about fifty more questions about Laramie and beyond. But let's let's yeah. channel. You can't forget about the almost running okay. gas too. No, 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 no. We have to bypass that because we are trying to be professional. Oh, yes. That. No, no, no. We're not classy. <laughs> no, no. There's, 
level of class is whatever we make it. So if we want to... Okay. No, there, here's a good tip. If you are driving, make sure if you're going through the desert, gas up often because you have no idea. Hot tank. It's a really good tip. We're breaking out the nose. It's a great tip. That's going to be in bold. Because we've been when the vehicle says, it doesn't even give you how many miles you have left before you need to refill. It just says refill now. Well, yeah, I've never done that. made it. It was like an omen of things to come. Yes, seriously. Just getting by. You guys will get there, but it may not be the fastest or, you know, whatever. But get that last place. Okay. Hold on. I need to rewind. Where did you guys end up staying? Like, what city? Oh, my God. In California. In Cal- no, not in- I don't care about Laramie. No, 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 I know. You do, but. Or, remember- or something. Citrus. Citrus. Citrus Heights. Citrus Heights. Citrus Heights. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, you were removed from the actual starting line area. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to say it altitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I knew it. To be honest, I liked it. I liked it that we weren't near the madness. I liked it a lot. Yeah, some people thrive off that energy, and there's some people that just want to be removed from it and just not take that on too early. So I get it. I get it. That's kind of your... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you stayed there, and everybody... Did you all stay, like, in a hotel? You said you had an Airbnb? Yeah, it was a smaller one, too. It wasn't too big. It was, like, a little, like, mom, mom-in-law place. It was, like, off somebody's house, so it's, like, a separate thing. And oh, so, cool. Yeah, it was... It was at its own little kitchenette in there, but it was, you know, it was not frilly for sure, but it had everything we needed. Okay. So from um, kind of diving into the crewing. Well, so from Citrus Heights where you stayed, nice place. How how long of a drive was it to the start? To start, it was a couple hours, right, guys? A couple hours. Okay. Okay. So be prepared if you're not going to stay up in that area because Auburn's just, Auburn's not, or Right. Auburn. Simply, Auburn is 30 minutes from us. Right. Okay. Yeah, the starting line is not, half from not yeah, it's not easy to, it's not like, hey, we're just going to head over there right now. It's like, get ready because it's a drive, just in general, unless you're staying in that little um, town or whatever they have right there. You'd have to stay like on the mountain and like, yeah, for store. Lodges, resorts, yeah. Though that would have been expensive. The key here is everything in the area that was close was three hundred and fifty dollars. Easily, and this place was like ninety dollars. So what we didn't pay for in dollar amount, we paid for in time driving. Okay, gotcha. You need to make that decision. I would say, you know, if I was giving folks advice, um, the the. The time that we spent in the car was, was, it wasn't killer, but it definitely was, you know, would have been different had we stayed closer. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's... Well, this is a good perspective because the other, um, we, we have an insight from staying right in by the start line. Um, and they kind of gave us some feedback on that. So it's nice to hear probably the other side of the affordable side of it the reality you know the realistic side of it for probably if we were to go and do that as well it's probably something we'd have to well do the same i know the bill for lodging yeah i paid for all the lodging 
So in the past, and all the gas. When I've gone yeah. races, I don't necessarily do that, even though it's my race for my crew. So, and yeah. you know, making the decision—that's a decision you're going to have to make. Typically, like Jen was generous to say, "I'm picking the lodging, but we're staying where I want to stay." Um, versus, you know, us saying, "Let's get a place and split it three ways or four ways or whatever." Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I put my vehicle out too. So, like those that had to fly, you know, they didn't have to worry. We didn't have to worry about rental and insurance, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, that's smart. Did you find it beneficial to stay closer? Well, Citrus Heights, you kept that through the entire race and was able to stay down there for the finish, correct? Yeah, and you know, after that, you know, like after the race was over, you know, I had the flexibility to kind of do it. I, I had a little bit more flexibility because of my job as far as taking time off and things like that. So I didn't mind. And so did Sarah, which oh. I think we lost her. I don't know why, but. She um, did. She did drop off her. The yeah, but Sarah is a teacher, so she's off in the summers. So we had more flexibility. So she actually drove out there with me, like I said, and I just made it, yeah, a little bit more economic. So <laughs> we may have to set another one up for the Laramie conversation. So you guys can't hear me anymore? <laughs> I'm going to tell Sarah's. Uh, put an O on that. Or we can't I see you. Say, I, I see you. Or I can hear you guys, but you're all froze. Wait. Call. Oh, no, it was earlier. I feel like we woke up at like 1. Either 1 or 2 eight. I woke up at 1 to shower because I have to shower before a race. Doesn't it matter that I'm going to be running and being nasty? I got to shower um, and eat and do it or whatever. You know, get hydrated, get going, get some coffee in me. Yeah, I think it was like and then I'll, I'll one out of the door by two or something like that. So, yeah, I think we were out by uh, two. So, because we wanted to be there by four, which is two hours. Right. I mean, yeah. And that was that's the decision. You know, that's the decision if you're gonna stay at the you know finish line, or in our case, even a little bit further from the finish line. Um, great convenience after the fact. Um, but yeah, that's a what he advised. Even. But for us coming from Minnesota, though, it was actually in line with what we were like our uh, time clock. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. So it worked. Yeah, we just kind of stayed in with that and got you stayed used to it. And then you don't re sleep all night, so then you're not used to anything anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's sounds. No, that's perfect. Yeah, it actually worked out. I think it worked to our advantage a little bit, but. It worked out for what I needed for my race. <laughs> awesome. Am I still? I'm gone. Uh, Sarah dropped for she. Wait, hey, come back. Maybe she won't do some walking. DNF. I can hear you. DNF the pod. That on her own. No. Yeah, and she's. Yeah. Um. See no, we'll just uh, so we'll kick it off going to the start line. So, um, yeah, how was the how was the start? And then for the crew, did anybody get to the to the ridge, or did you guys just immediately go to the first crew location? So we'll kind of kick it off there. Um, can I start in one step before that, please? Yep, sure. At the packet pickup, we all went as a group. And we were told that only one person could be with the runner at a time. So then Brian and I opted to have to find something else to do for those multiple hours that was the packet pickup. 
Yeah, it was it was very long because there's so many people. Um, and so Brian and I couldn't follow along. Um, again, when you when you do this type of thing, you kind of defer to the to the runner, right? Because it's their show. So in a case like this, we didn't really want to be, you know, in an argument as to who gets to stick with her, right? So we're just like Sarah's, Sarah's her go-to. Uh, Sarah acted honestly like a crew chief, um, and Brian and I were more just like pacers. Um, but later we would find out that you know, one of the most important things is is Sarah had somebody to be with all the time. So. One of the important things I would say about this race is it was great to have three crew slash pacers because then there was never buddy, anybody left alone for long periods of time, like overnight. Um, okay. But at the packet pickup, it was interesting because Brian and I we got sort of separated um, and we decided to run the course a little bit while we waited. Uh, and it was an all-day event. Packet pickup took an all all day considering the drive there and the drive back so that was an interesting thing that i did not expect as um a pacer or a crew member also you have to check in and get a bib at this race and it's almost as if you're actually running the race yourself so the crew check-in which i'd never experienced before was kind of a shock so we kind of like lucked our way into finding out that we needed to do that and brian and i did that together but but Jen was checking in for the actual race with Sarah. And then Sarah had to then check in as a pacer after that as well. So you can see how our unfamiliarity with the size and scope of this race was quickly kind of adding, you know, you know, humor to the situation. Um, but we definitely got through it. But I wanted to express that simply because I wish I would have known what that situation was like before we walked into it. No, that's good to know because I've I've gone over the the crew book and stuff for for this race and I've I've never seen or heard that it, you know through packet pickup the runner can be accompanied by one person only runner plus one so so weird because all I remember is standing in line and then there's mm -hmm. this one little spot that you go through that I had to be by myself or it can only take one person with but I don't remember that yeah being as long. Yeah, that, that actually took forever because of the amount of people that were there. That's like, a long line. The yeah. line was very long. So we stood in the line with her until they went into the building. And then something yeah. from the race said, you guys can't be in here. So Brian and I just had to up and leave. And the the positive side of that story is that we used that opportunity to run the first incline of the race and back down. So nice. But, you know, in, in a sense. Not to, Alex, but that part, like I, it went through, like we were like in and out of there pretty quick. I'm just saying you guys went for a run, <laughs> but we were done. Right. Right, Sarah. Yeah. It wasn't very That's, long. No, it wasn't long. You guys, it might look, it might've seemed like a long time because you guys were gone. But like once we got inside, it went by pretty quick. It, we were, only in it, we were in and out of there. They were at five, five minutes. Okay, but I didn't know anything. Sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, you laughed. And at the time, at the time, I had no idea, right? I so, think it was no like, idea. I knew that, that you guys went for your run. I think we were out Bri there. Brian and I, but Brian and I stood in line with them 
mm -hmm. for yeah, at least 45 minutes before they got into this building. So we no, thought, oh, yeah. we've been that's standing true. in this line for 45 minutes. I bet this line's going to go on for 45 more minutes. Um, I thought we were through yeah. that, though, before you guys went to run, because then we went and walked around to all of the other vendor places after that. That was when you guys went to run. Yeah, we, we also walked through all the vendors with you guys after we checked in. Yeah. Oh. So... I mean, it's it's like it, uh, the closest like it's like a trail running circus. Is the closest I can. It is. There is a lot. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fly go in for sure. That's well, and that's an experience. That's part of the experience. Yeah, I think a lot of people take that initial first day in. It's kind of you know, it's kind of like Leadville. That's kind of like a scene a show in uh, the day before the race too, which is cool. I mean, if you want to take that in, it makes it another worthwhile step of this race. And, um, but so you guys waited in line. Did, did you guys have to, did you, were you just kind of hydrating, standing there? Did you guys eat anything or you just kind of like waited it out and you were like, Oh, better. So better figure things out here. So again, we were not prepared at all. <laughs> So we, we got up and went to this thing. We hadn't eaten. Um, I thought Brian and I were going to die because we were so hungry. We ended up we ended up <laughs> buying a pizza during the the race briefing that was a couple hours long, it felt like. Um, yeah, that was the point. So, so we, again, it's, I don't know how else to describe it other than thousands of people gathered around, one person speaking, and nobody can really tell what's going on. So Brian and I are like, we think we're going to die if we don't eat in the next 20 minutes. So we snuck off to get <laughs> a pizza. The good news is at that um, start line, there's a lot of food vendors because it's like a ski lodge. However, sure. there's so many people you can't eat or get through the line unless everyone's at this briefing. Then you can sneak in and get a pizza. So we use that opportunity to actually get something to eat because, again, there's nothing really around there. And you can't leave, so it's like be prepared to be there or eat before you go. Sure, or sneak out in between innings, or bring something to eat. Like we didn't even bring. Yeah, or bring something to eat. You could yeah. leave in your vehicle. That would have been a good idea. Yeah, we didn't do that. Next time, I, we we thought it would be quick. You know, Midwest race, you drive, yeah. you get your thing, you leave. You know, and so I don't think we were prepared for the Super Bowl of ultra. Or, yeah, right. yeah. Well, and that's why we're doing this because it's situations like that that give that insight to those people that have no idea like that who just kind of stumble in this and they're like oh man we should have brought a cooler full of yeah, exactly. we had a cooler the biggest cooler yeah i brought one hmm. was a good idea and you wanted to use it <laughs> well i thought you were gonna say i left it in laramie no <laughs> it's broken the tree. literally bought it before this and it just got in our way Brian, Brian said none of the whole time. Hey, that's my seat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So All packet right. pickup, you're going to be waiting. Bring some food, bring, bring some, some water. Food. And I feel like that's kind of the theme. Like a lot of people have said that too. Like just be prepared to wait, like hurry up and wait, stand in line. And even like you said, like Alex about getting food, the you're hurry up and waiting in line. And no matter where you are, whether it's packet pickup or for water or for something to eat. So come prepared in that sense of 
calories because, you know, that's the last thing a runner needs to do is be on their feet and dehydrating in that sun. Uh, I don't, I guess I, I would say be prepared for this because I was not the scale of organization. Yeah. Uh, and also another tidbit, Alex, uh, maybe for the other crew members, go for a run. You got time. Bring your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a little, that's like a little, like a little tip for people that don't want to stand around or go through those booths or anything like yeah. that. They, they allow access for you guys to just cruise on up that hill. Yeah, it was very awesome. Um, actually, one of the best times I think Brian and I had was just going up there. And there were people everywhere. I mean, there's tourists just that you, you can take a ride up there in a van um, and walk around because it's the uh, an old um, U, uh, USA training facility for um, yep. the Olympics. So it's actually pretty remarkable. And even if you had signed up for this race, I don't think you would have taken the time to see that area which is beautiful um and so we felt like we kind of got away with one being able to take that hour to you know get eight miles in um and yeah. i don't know four thousand feet <laughs> um so that I, honestly that was a blast now i don't know if jen had planned on us going so realistically brian and i probably i guess my key takeaway from this situation was we should have either sat down and talked about it beforehand or come up with a plan to say, we're going to meet back at this time. Um, almost like family vacation style. We just weren't communicating. Yeah. We weren't communicating in that way. And so, you know, it can lead to miscommunication and, and. Oh, for sure. So in that case, it, it's important to, I guess, have a plan. Um, Cause like in this case, sticking together wasn't an option and we didn't know how long they were going to be gone or you know separated from us so what are we going to do the the only thing we know how which is go run um and then you know led to the mistake of us not getting in line to pick up our bibs at the same time for pacing which just added another you know 30 40 minutes to the to the situation sure awesome cool I think that's i think that's no that is, that escarpment looks looks like a blast to go up and mean yeah, it's totally awesome. And they're far um, scheduled, like small events that occur on the days leading up to the race, um, including the morning of that we were up there at pickup packets that are actual like ones you 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 pay for, you donate, and and you run like in that area and that. But we ju we just went up there because we didn't. We didn't officially register or any of that stuff on a timeline. We we just showed up and just went up that, and, and it happened to be very entertaining simply because of the amount of snow that was still up there. Yeah, there was a lot of snow. It, it helped us to maybe put Jen in a little bit about the start that, you know, just reassure her that there is a lot of snow up there and that it'll be postponed uh, uh, offer. Uh, but I think honestly, the harder part of that whole thing was actually going back down than it was going up. So we we reminded Jen several times that um, that our uh... mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. let's make that very clear. Make it clear. Yeah. You guys have eight miles, real rough. Well, also we did it faster. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ooh, the gloves are off. <laughs> so then. Cool. Let's just take it off from the start. Yeah. So. Yeah, from the from the start, Jen. So yeah, just how was how was the start, and then let you get through that a little bit, and then the crew. Did you guys go to the top of the first ridge, or did you guys jump in the car and head to the first crew location? Because the first crew location is not until Robinson. Well, that's a great point. Because what happened was, is that <laughs> a bit of a closed. So a couple of aid stations were closed, and so um, the the interesting way that it popped off was Sarah stayed with Jen, and Brian and I went back to the car, and this is where I got to shout out the film crew, because we got to watch the start from the car, which was amazing to be there and then be able to come back. And see Jen and all the runners going up the hill without actually having to go up there. So before we left, we sat in the parking lot in the car and watched the beginning of the uh, race coverage, which I thought was really cool. That was fun. Nice. How was it for you, Jenna, that start line? Um, it was a bit, I mean, nerve wracking, but you know, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what hundred miler isn't, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it was slow going up but it was it was beautiful you know like as far as like I kept I made sure I kept looking back and I was watching the sun come up didn't need my headlamp at all which is weird because you start it's like in the dark but the sun is just coming up the whole time you're going up so and talking to people just constantly talking to people that's what I said yeah yeah because everybody's walking <laughs> it goes straight up. Kind of comical it looked, you know, trying to sludge through that snow. I mean, yeah, it was tough. That was a chance. It got worse beyond where you could see, but yeah. Yeah, going over the top down the other side, it got pretty bad. <laughs> up at the top, there's like these sun cups, is what they yep. call them. Yeah, it was, that was interesting. People were slipping on those, and that was harder. Like it was harder snow. So you didn't oh. want to do that. But then later, it's just, all it is is rolling, rolling hills of loose, slippery snow. Yes. Fun. Joyful. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, what do you mean when things were closed? Um. Well, you said eight, yeah, the yeah, eight stations were closed. Well, yeah. So the first, the first Duncan was. I think Duncan's usually an aid station, but Duncan's closed. I think, oh, it wasn't in thirty-three miles here. So, yeah. So after she left, we had the better part of a day. Some time. Yeah. So at this point, yeah, because she was basically last. We had fun. No, no, I was not. Oh, my God. I was, I was waiting for something. Oh, that's terrible. I had a couple of hours. Like, I had a couple of hours. We had, like, three days. Well, we baked, we baked several pies and read free books. No, the, the, key, the key to it was that, you know, it got, it, it set the tone really quick for, like, we're kind of in this together as a crew because we spent more time as a crew together than we did with Jen. Um, 
because of that weather event, it really morphed the experience and our responsibilities. And it led to the god-awfulest traffic jam of all time trying to get into the first crew aid station. Which, which is Robinson. Yeah, took hours. Hours. We were setting stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic in a very beautiful location and, you know, doing exactly what we were there to do, but not at all what I had expected from the experience of being a crew or a pacer. So, yeah, I mean, you guys, uh, Brian, Alex, and Sarah, talk us, talk us through Robinson. I mean... Like getting there. Well, the yeah. goal is, the goal is to, and I want to I hear Brian's um, comments because the the thing that was the most interesting was we wanted to get there as fast as we could, right? You know, hurry up, quick, get there. And again, we weren't taking care of ourselves, right? Because we thought we got to get there and take care of her. So we're not eating. We're not really drinking. We're just trying to get there thinking she's going to, we're going to get there right when she shows up or we might miss her. Well, that wasn't the case at all because it was so long. Um, and so we get there. We were there like an hour before the first runner showed up. Yeah. Okay. We had to walk for the like, first time. Didn't we have to walk like five miles in? Yep. <laughs> and, well, and we forgot. And like we forgot <laughs> some stuff. We forgot some stuff and I had to run back and get it and come back. Wow. Folks. Okay, so wait. getting into Robinson before the first runner even came in, traffic jam was just hectic nightmare. And this is traffic jam due to what? Just like limited parking, limited so speed? All yeah. all of the runners, so because the first aid stations weren't accessible, then everyone basically did what we did. We can't go back to the hotel. We can't go to Chuck E. Cheese. Let's just go ahead and drive to that next aid station. So I, I don't know what normally happens, but I can't believe it's this because there was overflow parking on top of overflow parking, uh, shuttles to get out and forth. And uh, oh, yeah. so, so I mean, they, people were just parked in their cars in the middle of the road, walking around, talking to each other because we just weren't moving into these overflow lots. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting. So, I mean, did you... Were you in fear of missing Jen coming through, or did you feel like you had plenty of time? No, I think we knew. Did you find parking? Yeah. But I don't think that we realized we had near as much time as we had. Sure. Gotcha. Given the terrain. Yeah. Because we kept thinking, the first runners will be here soon, and it was, it had to have been over an hour that we were there before the first runner even came in. So, would you? It says that there is a shuttle, and that's what you guys said, right? Well, would you suggest where we were a shuttle? At, then there was a shuttle, like an even farther, farther away parking lot. So, if we'd waited longer, we would have had to have taken the shuttle, as opposed to where we were at, yeah. which was only like yeah, a mile and a half. Well, I guess my question was like, they do those shuttles just shuttle you from like parking lots to the. Um, aid station. Aid station. Yeah. Well, you had to get up there regardless. It's not like the shuttle was somewhere down low and would took take you all the way up. Is that is that the case, or what do those shuttles actually do? Like, did you do you think people should take a shuttle or just? Buy well, it? I think you have to take a shuttle. No, the shuttle is optional. Um, the majority of people book it. Um, okay, but the length of time to wait for a shuttle, we're just gonna walk. 
Uh, so we had to walk about two miles. Had we gotten there even later, it would have been at least an additional mile plus of a walk uh, for like that second overflow area for an additional. Okay. I just didn't know if like the shuttle had like the right to pass, you know, and like bypassed everybody. Um, like a bunch yeah, of eventually. There was really not, it was single lane. Uh, cause you're right on this, just that amount. So, um, okay. but it's like gravel roads, right guys? It's not hard to drive necessarily. No, Am I no wrong? it wasn't. It was beautiful. It was a great drive unless you were preoccupied yeah. with the fact that, that you are nervous that you have to get there. So, right. um, it, but, but you're able to drive there and like the bus can go there. Right, like yeah, it's not it's not technical. It's not bad. It's just a mountain road with way too many people on it. Yeah, so from a um, from a crew that you have to go to regardless. Yeah, first crew location. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So my 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 suggestion would be to totally skip that one, um, because it was. I mean, she was in and out, um, and it was just disaster. Now I don't know what it's like on a normal, um during the normal race when the other when the other aid stations are open to crew but we spent hours and hours and hours waiting to see her for you know 10 minutes or less okay realistically how many hours like do you think it was like an hour and a half or do you think it was no. like three or four it was like four or five wow she okay and that's a lot we hadn't gone there we went the was really? an hour 50k um yeah it was a 50 that was the 50k spot yeah i think it was well, yeah, I think I, it was seven hours for her to get there. Oh. I changed my, I changed my shoes and my socks, and after running that snow for thirty-eight miles, like I could not wait to see you guys. Just from my perspective, like being able to see you guys there meant more to me than some of the other places. I know that you're like skip it, but like for me anyway, like I even though I wasn't, I was in and out. Like I, I got I got rejuvenated there. I needed that. Oh. Like I can't even tell you. I remember that one very. Like I don't remember necessarily all the other ones are kind of blurry sometimes, but I remember that one vividly because I remember waiting so long to see you guys, and I had struggled to that snow that entire time, and I had yeah. like oh my gosh, this was way harder than I was thinking it was going to be that first fifty k, and it was just like brutal. So happy to see you guys. You guys are wow. Now, right, <laughs> this course, the design is set up as the most difficult is at the beginning. So that first 50K is drastically more difficult than the last 50K, uh, even with tired legs. Uh, and Yeah, and normally I can run a 50-miler, you know what I mean, and not have any crew or anything like that. I mean, but it's not like you were training in no. See no. well, yeah. But what Alex was getting at is in a normal year, the the Duncan Eid Station and, and another one are both accessible. How about leaving it from a perspective? You don't need to go to all three of those. Um, but in every year that we did it this year, it was down to one instead of three. So, and they and and the race. Put out extra shuttles and did things to try to mitigate it, but yeah, there was nothing okay. else. There was nothing they could do that was ever going to make it the way it would be in a normal year. Yeah. It was so congested. Uh, 
but it did really highlight something from a crew perspective. You want to be a minimalist, right? And have, know what your runner needs because you do not want to carry extra stuff for a couple miles each way, uh, up a dirt, uh, road or yeah. I, we saw people trying to throw wagons on the bus and like, it was just a mess of, and, and so also I would like to chime in to say, bring things for yourself because we were essentially landlocked in this location and I was not prepared for that. Right. So you're thinking later tonight, I'm going to be running 50 miles with my runner. I also need to be hydrated. I'm in the mountains as well. I need to be eating. Um, and, and they were providing some food. I famously got a hot dog from a guy that was the last hot dog that they had. He brings up out a great. We were. I want to hear about the hot dog. Got, once we got up there to the aid station, you know, it's it's a two mile hike back down to the, where our car was, and probably six seven hundred feet. So I mean, it, it's a it's a hike to get up there. Um. Sure. So you're you're gonna just hang there, right? You're gonna take in the atmosphere because they are live, like there's drones sitting out there and and they're live video everything. So you're just Im immersed in this awesome experience, and it's kind of draining actually to approve because I'm cheering and screaming for everybody because I see the cameras and I got my friends texting me. I do you do get some cell phone reception up there. So that's important to know. Um, I drained my entire battery and my cell phone while we were up there for the four foot hour. Wait. Okay. Living it up. So the rest of the time I was trying to struggle to charge it enough in the vehicle when we down there. Um, but that was because everybody's texting and sending video because they're like, oh, that's you. I'm, they're sending me screenshots of me on TV, on YouTube. Um, I'm... You know, so there's just a huge party atmosphere up there. But yeah, there's, you tried to get a little bit of food that was available to crews, but it was limited. And again, because of it being three times, right, from three aid stations down to one, literally, mm -hmm. the food was gone within a few hours. Um, wow. So again, these things are, this is what happens when you put a stressor on the system that's not designed yet. Yep. For the other thing I think that was the most thing. It was tough. Um, but... <laughs> oh, what's that? To point out for the thing I think is important to point out for as far as crewing goes is something that I've never experienced before in a race was that you had crew on one side and then the aid station on the other side and crew could not go over to the aid station part. We were completely separated from that. So we couldn't go over to see what they had at the aid station to okay. like say, oh, I want to get something from for my runner or know what's there to tell my runner what they have. So that was completely separated. We couldn't even get to the actual aid station portion of it. We could get water on our side, but that was it. We couldn't see what food was available or any of that. And How did we, they make that clear? They just you, the runner just had to figure it out themselves? Um, I'm not sure what they did for the runner, but they told us multiple times <laughs> as crew. Um, and we were on one side of the trail and the aid station was on the other side of the trail and we were out on the other side of the trail. 
So they weren't displaying like a menu or anything like some races do where they kind of walk around or they have a big plaque that says like grilled cheese sandwiches or burgers or veggies. I didn't see anything. I don't know. I didn't see that. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, obviously it wasn't that clear then. Okay, that's good to know because, you know, bring everything to your render. Yeah, that was really surprising to me. You know, we couldn't grab anything from the aid station tables to get for her. We couldn't even, like, see what was at the aid station tables. Wow. Right, to even have a render. Yeah, so as a crew, that was kind of important to know. We're used to that laid-back nature that ultra-running and trail-running is in general. And, And this race is just amped up because of the professionals the money, uh, everything that's out there. So there's there's actual stricter rules, right? Uh, Alex alluded to it, that we had to sign our lives away for Pacer Nibs. Uh, and versus other races, you just kind of grab a bib off of a table or sometimes you just scratch the word. Some pins and go for it. Sign a waiver. So you, you, you threw or- form in advance, right? When we were out there with her, I couldn't, some events I paced before I'll run ahead of my runner and collect all the stuff at the aid station. And when they come in, they just go right through and I just carry the food. Uh, you can't do that. Um, so there's just some extra rules. And yeah, so you, you, you can't quite help your runner fully the way that you would normally do that um, as a crew because you can't grab all the food beforehand. Uh, yeah. So just the little things like that to know that there's a little bit more, uh, we'll just say professionalism or, you know, it'll for sure. And do you have the space to kind of spread out along that aid station or is it pretty crammed in there? It was pretty cramped. Um, by the time Jed got there, it had loosened up some, but early on it was, there wasn't room to move. Yeah. Again, because, because there's so many kids. Uh, getting in that um, just about everybody, right? I mean, there was nobody there. Yet. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Traffic? What traffic? We're <laughs> <laughs> the only car there. So not it. And Alex and Alex can back me up on this. Uh, we we you know this is we uh. This was the beginning of, of this race for us to start to feel like, you know, hey, we're going to be maybe on the other side of the cutoff uh, concerns than any of us. Four of us all have enough experience in ultras to not really experience something from that far back. And then it's certainly used to be in front of the pack. Um, so when she got into Robinson Flat, and then when she left, oh, it was only probably an hour. Even though we knew that that was a more difficult section, we, we knew that we were probably for an interesting weekend. Uh, and, yeah. For me, it's also when we started contemplating that I would probably start running with her. Because prior to that, I wasn't going to run with her that first section because we assumed she would be through there first or before then. Okay. I was allowed to run with her that part. Yep. Sure. So, yeah, this this race has a a, a guideline, right, that uh, there's an earlier spot where a pacer can jump in if their runner is further back. 
And uh, so we we started ad living basically from that point on. Um, like you do sure. in standard alt for running, right? You did roll with the punches, but the punk had a lot of uh, it was a very entertaining. Okay, so so Jen, coming into that age station, you mentioned that it was it was, it was critical for you to see your crew at that <laughs> first aid station. Yeah, it. Yeah, I always. Go ahead. No, no, it, I just felt very renewed by seeing them. I needed to see them. I knew at that point that I was not going to be. Um, as fast, you know what I mean? Like as I have in my previous other nine other races, but nine other hundred milers and whatever before that. So For sure. I just knew that I'm like, I wasn't really, it was like a couple hours from cut off at that point, but I needed to, I needed to hear them, their encouragement. I needed to, and I also like, I just wanted to reassure them and I, I needed to reassure myself too, you know, kind of that they understood that no matter what was happening, I was just going to, I was in it to finish because I wanted to make sure that they were able to pace me along the course because it was important for me to give them that experience back to for coming and doing that all for me. I want to make sure do it. So generous. That's awesome. Yeah. So crew, just sit in it, wait in it. Your, your runner's going to need you regardless of the inconvenience of the crew. It's best to just sit it out, wait it out, and get there, regardless of the four to five hour wait, which is great. You guys did that anyways. I mean, that's just, we're as crew members, we're not there for us at the end of the day. We're there for the runner, and we kind of have to do what we know what would work best for the runner. So even though this is a tricky aid station, <laughs> at the end of it, it's probably the best thing and the best place to be initially for that runner, so... I think Brian and I enjoyed it a whole lot more. Sounds like it. <laughs> but Alex had a hot dog. Right. We're in the mountains. It's beautiful. Yay. And Alex is like, oh, my God, I'm just sitting here waiting. Yeah. There was a lot. Well, I appreciated you guys there. And, like, I agree with you guys. So if I had seen you guys prior to that, maybe at these other eight stations that weren't, available this year then i you know that particular one probably wouldn't have been as important so gotcha i just needed to see you guys one time i was <laughs> seeing you so long <laughs> so you came in and you you weren't obviously in this aid station very long or did you sit change i did sit through? and change my shoes uh and socks or maybe okay, okay. so full-on crew mode everybody getting everything ready for you and then you wheeled out yeah. And off to... That was the first argument of uh, Minnie. Because she, she was animate to... When they're not changing her shoes and socks, even though we had spoken about it before the race. No! I learned something! That just goes to show, like, I learned so much because I normally try to tough it out without doing that. And at that point in the race, it just seems so early. Keep greased out my feet. Yeah. With they were full of all like all the other huh? Oh. Well, they were starting to get you know that dampy, yeah, sprinkly. Yeah, they're just dampy, like uh, yep. pruny. Yep, and almost in a foot. 
exactly. But I all I had, I didn't have anything for my like diaper ointment on there because I had diaper ointment for chafing. And he put that all over my feet. And I'm like, that's not going to work. It's wet. Like, what are you talking about? But that thing worked. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know what I do? Hey, Bran, Bran, just so you know, at Superior, I totally put all kinds of grease all over on my engine G's. So <laughs> I do that every time now. And like, I did it before I went out, did the rim to rim to rim to uh, last weekend too. And my feet are perfect. No blisters. You do it to the grocery store and to the library. Yeah, I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> but my groceries, I knew it was going to be a long haul. So I just greased up my <laughs> It really works. So. <laughs> so are you doing it for keeping it dry or are you doing it for blisters? It's because, okay, so like it's not really, I'm not a blister person. I don't get a lot of blisters, but I get that trench foot where it, it gets yep. damp and spongy. And there's something you can, you can't even, it's like, if it's humid out, you can't do anything about that. It's not even necessarily about water crossings because you'll, your feet will dry. That place was dry. You know what I mean? But you have these little water, you just had like, there's some, my feet just get damp. So yeah, that really saved my feet. Thanks, Brian. Hey, call Brian. Um, Brian. <laughs> so let's, uh, so Jen, you've left, you've now left Robinson and there's about, well, yeah, 25 miles to the next crew location. That's the same, yeah. Looks like Michigan. Yeah. Oof, I, yeah, is that, okay, I, I, my memory is really bad. <laughs> well, I remember leaving that A station and feeling really, really good. Like, and then pretty sure I have, like, a canyon that I have to go through at some point here, right? Yes. Yes, you do. Rum, do all of them. Pebbles, thumb. Yep. Correct. Coming up, down. Yeah, that was hard. And <laughs> it was very hot. And then going up, it is like, it feels like you're going straight up. It was like, for me, it was like a 28, 30 minute mile up um, for two miles. And then you get to the top and all the way, somebody told me that you get a, um, you can get a uh, pop, like a um, freezy pop up there. And uh, yeah, I know. I was like, wow, that I was looking for. I don't really normally care about them things, but I was looking forward to that. <laughs> and I guess they gave me one and they sat me down and like, just enjoy it. And I did. Well deserved. Froze. Well deserved. Flavored water. But you get that. Took one for the road. They took another one for the road. And uh, <laughs> talked to Mark Smith there. And he was, um, we just bebopped back and forth the entire race. And nice. Like, oh, you got this. You know, as long as after you get to, I don't even know what the names of the places anymore, but you get to a certain point. Um, that place that we got to in the middle of the night, Brian, the one that you started pacing me at. Yeah. Or column. Where's Forest Yeah, Forest Hill. He's like, well, as long as you uh, maintain a certain pace after that, and he's like, you'll be fine. So I felt pretty good after that. Like, I felt uh, even paced. Like, I didn't feel like I had any surges or anything. Just, like, felt like, I, oh, I'm good. I'm strong. I got this. Until... Yeah, until I realized, like, then it was more psychological because I was like, wow, this isn't as fast. Because I already was up until that point not as fast. So, like, I'm, I expected to be at that halfway point way earlier, too, and I wasn't there. So I was like, okay, great. I'm not doing everybody else. This isn't going to be my fastest race. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not winning. <laughs> That's for sure. So Right in the hills of Tom Evans. 
Yeah, exactly. No, no, I didn't see that guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not happening for me today. That's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still trying to just enjoy it. Very sure. beautiful. There's so many things to enjoy. Um, and I just try to maintain. And then there's another canyon. And then I, and then that one was three, uh, three miles up, that one. Um, but it wasn't as aggressive as the Devil's Thumb. That one's worse. That feels literally, literally, it just, your back is just like, or you feel like you're just got really... <clears throat> your hands out, touching the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not as many switchbacks. They're just, it's like, just like you're just trying to go straight up. But then the next one is, um, like definitely more switchbacks and okay, not as aggressive. Still, you know, it's still a climb better. And then that's when I saw them again. At Michigan. Yes. Yeah. Michigan block. So leaving leaving uh leaving Robinson, you guys. So you had a hell of a time getting in there, getting out of it getting out of Robinson was just as difficult traffic wise, everything else. No, everything was cleared up by then, so getting out was fine. And then Okay. It was really funny because as we were um driving out, I can't remember which one of the boys said something about, Well, I don't think we'll be seeing Courtney again. And then like two minutes after that. It's like there's Courtney running right alongside the road that we're running on. No, so we jumped out and took pictures of her quick um, and saw her going by again and stopped and got some pictures running by. Yeah, but <laughs> so that was so you guys you guys left um, Robinson Flat. Mm-hmm. How was it in the sense of time from Robinson to Michigan? How long did that take you guys? And was that kind of the same backup when you got to Michigan? Or did things kind of kind of slim out in the sense of population? No, I would say things were pretty cleared out then. We stopped and got food. and Along the way? Yeah, there was a little grocery store that we stopped at. And there were other people that were stopped there too. Watched Courtney run the, by there. The grocery store has a little deli in it, correct? Yeah. If I'm yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Horse Hill is mm-hmm. um on the way, right? Michigan Bluff and Horse Hill are near each other. So we were we were desperately in need of food, or I was. I didn't get the lucky hot dog. Um so and again we had five uh, about seven hours again. Uh of a wait. Now we didn't know that it would be that long, but we assumed it would be, you know, we knew it would be at least five hours. Um, so yes, on our way to Michigan, well, you go through right by Forest Hill. It's a small little town, but very much a party atmosphere. All, the whole little area turned out for it. Um, and as we're, and how's parking around Michigan Bluff? Yeah. So after, yeah, after we got the food and we saw Courtney running into Forest Hill, which was pretty great timing. Um, the parking at Michigan Bluff um, was not as bad as Robinson Flat. Um, there's like two different roads that they kind of point you towards, and you just park on the side. I mean, and again, there's a shuttle, but we chose to just walk. And it's a little over a mile from where we were. Um, 
So you're lugging stuff. So again, you're lugging in stuff. So you want to be prepared, right? If we can backpacks or, you know, now this is a real to the paved road. So that there's that aspect. Um, uh, we had ample downtime for this. So some took a nap to get ready for the overnight. Um, I bushwhacked through some of the trail. <laughs> Somewhere we, because we had to park up, up high and then go about 500 feet down to where Michigan Bluff was. Um, cool. we, we had a lot of time to hang out. Uh, that was the area where you most saw the devastation from the wildfires. Uh, so it was just scorching cars yeah. that were still off to the side and as you can see off in the distance. Yeah, that fire, that fire ripped through there. Yeah. So from from a cruise perspective, and I know Jan, you did you manage the heat well and, and crew wise, did you guys able to stay cool, find ice, things like that to kind of manage the heat from that perspective? I was never So the like the grocery store you were at, I mean everybody has to pass through this grocery store. Did when you I mean did you guys find ice there, anything like that at that I don't think we even yeah there was plenty of food uh, and ice available. Um, that is and that was what we loaded up on. Several things, knowing right that after that we would be starting unseen duties, so we knew that we would have as the luxury of all three of us being together uh, at that point. It'd be one person driving, one person doing logistics, and being tired, so. We had that downtime to, to kind of figure that out a little bit. And that's when we realized, uh, you know, we were thinking at that point, we didn't think we'd have a pacer jump in at Michigan Glow, but it got to be the eight o'clock deadline for that. And then that passed and they got to be about nine o'clock. And that's it was, and no, it was all like cold in the okay, And so Sarah went out with her for that leg at two four still. And, and at that point, then it got a little bit more real for us. Uh, Alex and I were both questioning, you know, coming into Michigan Bluff, whether, you know, our, our race was going to be over or not. Because we, we, again, when we saw her at mile 30, 30, 35, she didn't look so good. And it had been a very difficult start. So we, we weren't certain whether she was going to make it to Michigan Bluff before that cut off. Sarah was very optimistic. I was less optimistic. <laughs> I think Alex was probably more of my camp news. Um, so we weren't certain, but um, you got in there and then Sarah. They've never told me this, guys. You guys are a bunch of liars. I didn't know. I never doubted you. Who has to tell you what you want to <laughs> I didn't know you were going to doubt me like this. This is usually where those these conversations come out, or these these things that come out. The runners actually, like, I didn't know that. And that's that's one of the comments we've had on these podcasts is that the runners will say this was so fun to relive it because I don't hear these things when I'm out yeah. there running. I mean, Sarah's. I hope you guys learned your lesson. <laughs> Always listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I don't quit. Only one sentence is what we learned. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so how 
<laughs> so how was it for crew? Now you're at that point in the race from, from the crew's perspective, getting in and out of the aid stations. How, how was that for the remainder of those crew, those crew access points? There, there is a lot of, there's a lot of walking um, and it's, and it's all up or downhill. So I want to, and I think Brian is getting to that point by uh, reiterating, make sure you can carry what your runner needs because we went back and forth several times um, and I didn't expect it to be that much walking. Okay. And that, so, that's at Michigan and Forest and, yeah. and all of just Yeah, I mean, every aid station is like an event considering there's so many you know, yeah. crew, spectator, um, and the like. So it, it wasn't bad. It was just, it, I, I didn't expect that much. Um, it, it's like a little, having a little concert in a tiny town. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Forest Hill was the, really the only stop that, um, was not a long walk. That was just, and, th- and I think part of that was because we were there at a later time. So we were able to park pretty close. But that was the only that was the only aid station that it was um, uh, convenient, we'll say. Okay, so then, so then, Brian, you paced from Forest to Rocky, or did you go a little further than that? <laughs> well, or uh, because wasn't there some malic um, you like digested story? <laughs> We went that in town. Um, yeah. And this kind of, this is a very good conversation that we'll have here as to understanding, and in our case, our misunderstanding or not understanding, like what it looks like um, from that Green Gate, Rocky Chucky area, because everyone knows and about the water crossing and you jump in the little boat and now, that's definitely needed this year. Water. Yep. But what you, but you don't really know the logistics of it from a crew perspective. Like what's on the, what, like what occurs before you get on the boat, and then what is available right after. And I, I we as a group didn't quite all understand that. Yeah, we we didn't do our research. Um, and what happened was is that. You, when you read the literature, it says you can get in to um, Rocky Chucky and you can get into Green Gate. Um, Green Gate says it's not advised. And we thought, well, that's, that's dumb. You can get there, but it's not advised. Um, what a weird thing to say. And this is where my biggest mistake was. I thought if I'm going to start pacing at Rocky Chucky, I'm immediately going to get wet. Why would you start pacing and immediately cross the river? That doesn't make any sense. We'll just get on the other side of the river. So I'm thinking aid station here, river, aid station here. Why would I start on this side just to get across? Okay. Totally not the case. <laughs> so what happened was, and, and, and the distance Brian had to go was not that much further theoretically. But what happened was, is there was a boat, so I wouldn't have gotten wet anyway. And um, it's not about me, but that it didn't make any sense to get on this side of the boat, on this side of the river versus that side of the river. 
Okay. But realistically, what it involved was Sarah and I driving through mountain roads at night for a really long time. Trying to get to Green Gate. Yeah, super windy, super windy. Then going through multiple more parking checkpoints and being parked in um, like somebody's backyard, um, catching, I think, maybe for me an hour of sleep, for Sarah, maybe five minutes. And then walking um, to Green Gate, which is through multiple, at least one other it was, station. No, it was three miles down. Then we got to the wow. porta potty, which was amazing. Thought we were there, and also we're like, "Oh, wait, this <laughs> there's nobody here. It's just a porta potty and two people sitting at a gate." Like they look like an station. station. Yeah. So I go like just a few feet farther. So we, you know, we get all sitting there and packed out, and they're like, "Well, somebody yelled, welcome to Green Gate,'" and we're like, "What? We're supposed to be at Rocky Chucky. We have to keep walking." So Alex and I now take off, running or going down farther down this wonderful mile gravel horrible road with baby heads and everything on it tripping and falling <laughs> in the dark and i had been freezing prior to this so i put on an extra pair of pants and an extra sweatshirt and so racing downhill not a big deal so we go and we keep going and going and going and we get down to the bottom and there's an intersection it's like well this isn't marked this can't be right go a little farther here's another group of intersections that aren't marked i'm like alex i think we took a wrong turn somewhere Oh, so now, so now to turn around and, and 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 we think we missed her and right now we think hill. so we get to the yeah. spot where we like we're walking as fast as i as we can and i'm carrying the big the bag and whatever thankfully i left most everything at green gate because i'm like i'm not going to carry all of this mm -hmm. um yeah so we get back to where the intersection was it's like okay do we continue on to rocky chucky and hope we didn't miss her in the time when we were gone or do we continue all the way back up so we continue all the way back up get to the a station it's like had this runner come through yet and they're like oh you have a lost runner it's like no you don't have a lost runner we're lost we're lost <laughs> runner has a lost crew <laughs> so she hasn't come through yet so then alex okay all right i'm gonna run back and see if i can find her and I'm like, I'm sitting here. At this point, I'm like dripping sweat. Yeah, I mean, we're leg we're legit exhausted. Sarah looks like a little kid that went to school <laughs> in snow, and it all melted, and now she's walking home in her snow gear. Because <laughs> it was so cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling. I feel like I ruined the entire race because now because I didn't want to get my feet wet. We lost Jen. <laughs> oh, it's four AM. It's four AM. So Brian, you're you cross the river with Jen. Yeah. Cause you I mean you have to. You have no access to a vehicle because the vehicle's on the other side. Yeah. So we Well that was the plan originally. Yeah, so we come into Rocky Chucky or or what's in the Western states literature, it's referred to Rucky Chucky uh, near side. And, yep, yep. You know, and there's like this kind of extra people and stuff around there. And Jen makes a pit stop. I try to get her to eat some food, which she refuses. Um, the entire race, she refuses. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that. Uh -huh. 
but yeah, we, it was a really fun experience. Uh, we went down and then we, we get on the boat. I'm trying to like take a video of it and that didn't work. I almost lost my phone and oh, the mess, but we go across and we, we get to the other side and we come up and the Rocky Chucky far side is not a maid station, but there are a few random drop bags over there. Um, for people that did drop bags. And I'm looking around and there is nobody. And I'm like, okay, um, well, we only have one option. We have to go up to get out of here. So we're just going to continue on because our crew isn't here. I'm not sure. And to make matters worse, we were running on fumes as far as our headlamp went. So, so that was the, that was the point was we were trying to get to far side, yeah. and so we went through green to get to far side, mm -hmm. but then we had to backtrack because we never found far side. Yeah, yeah. So it should just say far side shouldn't even be on the map. Like you shouldn't yeah. even be trying to do that. Anybody, and like, well, how so? So how far is it? Far only for race. So okay, and we could see where we. Where things, but going okay. down, there was no marks. Like we couldn't see any of the trail markings. So still to this day, you have no idea where Farside is. No, no, we didn't make okay. it there. We don't. We I like looked at my GPS because I, I started tracking it, thinking we're gonna die, and <laughs> so, and I started tracking it, and like if you go back and look, we're just like, it's like, sky is falling. Yeah. <laughs> Clean a hot dog. We slept an hour. Oh, he nearly falls apart like every. <laughs> he needs Alex needs his own crew. He was the guy. I had... I, I did the best I could. Let you let him wander away by himself. And in the end, it was you know, he was so close to her. He was like the one. So. So then the best part was we all, we found each other and then we got to walk up that hill together. So it was actually like a lot of fun for all four <laughs> of us. And it was legit. We were allowed to. It actually says you can do that. It would have been way more fun though had we actually made it to Rocky Chucky where we were supposed to. We would have gotten yeah. that whole big walk together, which I was really looking forward to when we were walking down <laughs> until we yeah. took the wrong turn. <laughs> Not as fun as a story though. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... From now on, I will definitely tell crew, do not go to that side. It's not worth it. But you can get to Green Gate. Yeah. If you're at the Green Gate porta potty, just stay there. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jeez. yeah. But it was it was a three mile like walk to get there, and the hill was pretty steep. And the the parking situation's bad on that yeah. side. Um, it, it was another like sit in traffic type scenario um it, that not to be not to come off like the grim reaper but it was absolute disaster of a waste of time to try to do what we did we should have gone to rocky Chucky. Yeah. it would have been a totally different night. story yeah we drove right by the rocky Chucky. it was so close it was right there and this one was way out of the, it was a really cool drive super super yeah. curvy and but yeah it was not not worth that word, word to the wise go to the present follow up yeah so Alex left with Jen from Green Gate, and when Sarah and I then uh, 
walked to find the car, I had no idea where it was. She just said, yeah, it's a long ways and it's uphill. And and I just kept walking and walking. And I'm like, where is it? And she goes, don't even get me. PTSD. The sun went down before we got to the car. I had no idea. And it is it is a rough spot to get to. And then once we got to the car, yeah, from a crew perspective, that would have been, I, I would avoid that. That's it. Yeah, it's good to know. Loaded. But it does make good stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jen, Jen, how are you feeling through through all of this Rocky adventure? Chucky. The Rocky Chucky, the near side, the far side. Well, I just couldn't wait to get, I couldn't wait to get my headlamp and get another light. Because my light was just not working. I couldn't see. Jen, Lord, oh. so I, I just predicted my headlamp above her to try to get her visibility to see uh, for like that last hour though as we were trying to find our crew. Yeah, and like they said too, I wasn't feeling too great like as far as I couldn't, I was starting to get that point where you, you know, you don't want to eat and stuff. Mm -hmm. I did try. I just, nothing was appealing and nothing would go down. Brian was trying to shove all kinds of food at me. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Brian was that they have food for her. Yeah, he is. And I just there was nothing was working until later. Oh we'll have So you picked up with Alex, right? At Green at Green Gate. And and everybody So well, you got fifteen miles to connect to Pointed Rocks. Yeah, Sarah and Brian hop in the car for right. Green Gate and head to Pointed Rocks. Is that a long? Is that a long trek? No, that's actually really short because we went past Pointed Rocks too. You got a head start to get to Green Gate. <laughs> that that was why it made sense to go there, <laughs> theoretically. Theoretically, the paper. Yeah, back to I'm like I'm pretty sure I actually know how to get to this one because we've already been by it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Look, we're we're looking at the map right now, so yeah. Okay, so what's that green gate? Uh, no, that's a uh, pointed rocks. Point ninety four. So Jen, you're coming in ninety four miles deep. Is this where all the fun begins? Of uh, we're chasing minutes, Ooh, half hour. Well, we skipped over the point where I discovered <laughs> Morton gels, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was when I was still with Alex, right? Because wait. Yep. So, so I've picked her up. She's not doing well. She's not eating. She feels like trash. She's really not drinking either. Like, you know, no electrolytes or anything. And I'm like, you know, this has happened to me before. Um, and, um, when this happens to me, I just take like six caffeinated Morton gels. And she's like, I can't take anything. We were at an aid station and I'm like, you need to take these. Just take a bunch of these. And she's like, those are terrible. I th That never works. And I'm like, I worked for me. I just take like six of them. It's like having eight <laughs> cups of coffee. She's like, she's like, but I hate gels. And I said, these are better. They're like, it's like, not, it doesn't taste like anything. And she takes one and she starts moving faster. Like considerably, she's now working. Um, before she was kind of. <laughs> I skipped over the fact that. 
you totally skipped over the fact that okay so I, I was very like if i tried to smell anything or eat anything oh. it would just making me want to throw up yeah but she still i was trying to be nice no 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 do not be nice because this is important <laughs> I shot this gel, and it's a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Morton gels. Yep. So, this is the caffeinated one. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of a weird, it's even like thicker than the regular ones. It's very viscous, very viscous. Yeah, let's not. Okay. That's one and way like to... a chunky. Chunky. Just what you want to be eating when you don't want to. Delicious caffeinated. And I'm like, I don't care. I need calories so bad, and I was desperate. So, I. Shove it to the back of my throat. You know how you like try to put it back there? And as soon as it hits my mouth, I start to gag. Yeah. And she gags. She gags for like 20 minutes. She's like, you start running. And I'm like, I can't. I feel like it's like dry for 20 minutes. And I'm like, you just got to take the whole thing. Weirdly, weirdly, eventually my body obeyed and stopped fighting me and absorbed yeah it got into my tummy i could feel like this heat in my belly and it felt amazing i was like i can re- <laughs> I remember she on she was like i can't yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw up and i said well then just throw up because you got to do something you either have to throw up or take this we have to do something because otherwise we're done yeah you wanted me to no, but i did the right thing i stayed there until it passed because if yeah. I would have thrown it up, I wouldn't have, no. I needed to, like, force myself to take it and not throw it up. I needed yeah. calories. Yeah, I asked. So she started moving better at that point. And, like, I believe then we started gaining on the, because I was fully aware at this point of the fact that we were chasing the ghost. And so um, we started putting distance between us and the cutoff, um, which was pretty remarkable so she wasn't running but she was moving really fast you know f- f- very long yeah i was i was walking very slowly and she was running <laughs> um you told me i was going 14 minutes that's not there that was her top end was 14 minutes and that was after the gel yeah. so being high on morton and you could actually tell when it started to wear off because she started to slow down again um, so that's, I mean, that's how, that's how much she needed calories, uh, was that every little bit she put in actually, you could see it was like a test case. Um, and so now she takes them all the time, but the, uh, now she's addicted. Yeah. Now, oh, no, I need crap. now she wakes up at midnight and takes one. Um, <laughs> Thank you. She actually lost. Oh, she's applying cream to her feet. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, you, there's no limit. There's no, the only th- limit to how many you can take is how many you can afford. Yeah. And they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not one by them yet. Not like rehab. You know what? I've never felt jittery. Like, no matter how many of those I've taken, though, like, I've never felt jittery. It's never had a negative effect on it. Not a positive. They're totally amazing. I can't say enough good things about them. If I know. I'm going to be taking them. They didn't give you, like, GI ish. Not at all. Wow. Impressive. No, those, those things are great. I, I never would have thought that. Like, I tried my normal gels and things, and I could not stomach them at all. But these things, once I got them in me, and now I know there's a trick. If you can force yourself, even if you're gagged, just keep you know, it with, like a, like, a water or something. 
Oh, no. Water tasted bad. Water tasted bad there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. This weird thing happens to me where, like, yeah, water, it's like, unless it's cold water. It's weird. And normally I can drink tap water. You know what I mean? I don't have to have cold water. But during a race, sometimes, I don't know why. Once oh, I get that I'm the same. sticky Gatorade taste. And oh, I'm, I'm like hose water. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm the same way where the water, if it's not ice, ice cold, yeah. is the worst taste I, of water. I remember at Ure, like trying to get water in and it just tasted you like. You were class. So- yeah. Every time I would get to an aid station, I'm like, put ice in it. Put ice in it. I need ice in my water bottle. And like, then I could drink it. I don't know why. It was so stupid. like a diva. <laughs> so good. All right. So, so we get to, we get to Pointed Rocks. You're high on Martin. So do you, is, who jumps in here and paces you the rest of, well, at least to, well, Roby. I've got everybody can jump. Oh yeah, and they did. Yeah, it was Sarah. Yeah, the one thing it, it was interesting about that aid station is it was the first time in the entire trip where it was extremely hot. Do you remember that, Thanks. Ryan? It was insane. insane. Like that pointed rocks. Yeah, the sun came up and it was insanely hot. Like, and so that if impacted Jen very badly, um, because she seemed okay at, when we left. She was like coming out of it next morning type ultra vibe. And then the the heat, I think, really at that point zapped her bad because then she slowed back down again. Um, and so then Sarah took over and Brian and I went to the finish. Okay, so yeah. ro- uh, pointed, pointed Rock's cutoff is 940. What time were you guys there? Do you remember? The the oh, horn oh, had sound in a few Oh, problem. The spreadsheets. Nine thirty nine an hour before she arrived. Because again, Sarah knew where, where to go because they'd already driven by it. But it's a it's a, a it's a good mile cloth walk in on a, a trail. So at least we have a lot of pointed. Not carry a lot of stuff you don't have to. Um it is a wide open meadow, uh, as Alex mentioned. That was definitely Yeah, it's hot. Even though it was one of the cooler years, according to the records of Western States, it was still 80, 90 degrees. It was still hot. Um, they showed a lot of that on the live feed, too. You could see how open area it was. So that's something for people to check out if you ever go back to the live feed recording and check these little aid stations out. Because you'll get to... I remember that watching that on the live, and that was kind of a big point of um interest on camera was just seeing how exposed what it was yeah I, I definitely what uh at that eight station and then not thinking about yeah the race hanging out where i got stopped specifically because of those reasons not not and and just but at that point we we were chasing cut off right me so we were as we just wanted to get to the eight station Again, not thinking of ourselves, but just prepping everything she might need, uh, trying to estimate the time, and then what, either piece wise. So Sarah and I were just We'd, going back. We didn't take any time. We didn't let her stop for one second. Pointed rocks because the horn had already sounded. 
how does they do that was it like half hour and 15 minute horn maybe yes but the horn it was not for... hold on horn. never experienced that so they had so did they blast the horn at pointed rocks or was it like from yes okay. so from the old okay. station there they blast the air horn um interesting I think it's half hour out and maybe 15 minutes out um, before cutoff. So we were really close to cutoff there. So we didn't, we didn't okay. stop at all. We just went straight through that aid station and started moving. So that horn is for people who have not come through that aid station. Yeah. So they can hear it. Just just to give some... Jen said they didn't hear it. So no, uh, apparently it doesn't travel that far, but <laughs> not far. Brian and I heard yeah. it. Oh, and to and to, to to put some numbers to that, right? So after Jen got through and left with Sarah, people that came in behind her got cut. She was at that point in the very back area. Well, Mark Mark had to have made it through because he was still behind us. Yeah, there were Mark. other <laughs> and then Yes, and there was other people on the trail that wound up at the end that were behind, right. like that didn't make it. So you didn't. So so straight through straight through pointed rocks to Robbie Point and yeah, Alex and Brian, you jetted over to Robbie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Past the No Hands Bridge, and it was yep. so hot there. Um, and then you start going up that last hill and it's ridiculously technical and that's all uphill again and you're so mad at this point you're like ah when will this end and it started to feel sort of disoriented at this point because i'm like heat and continuing to climb um i really had no idea where i didn't like i, I had a sense of urgency but it wasn't like i was really resigned to the fact that i was just finishing i didn't at that point, know whether I finished in time, but I didn't matter to me at that point. Like, I just was like, I'm just going to finish. I mean, this far, I'm going to finish. Yeah. Hold on, sure. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I've, I've done a little, I've done training runs out there on that section from Robbie Point down to Pointed Rocks and back along that trail. Yeah. And that last little pitch coming up, Robbie, you're just like, what the? Yeah, I can't imagine being ninety-eight. a lot of that. She did. Who does this? I'm getting so mad. The end of this race, like seriously, like I'm done, like, and like, yeah, like there was carnage. <laughs> yes. And so you get to the top, and it you you're totally taxed. And you turn right, and you still got to go up, and it's asphalt. Yes. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think from um, Green Gate on a normal race? Do you think you would have needed someone at Pointed Rocks, or do you think you could have been fine with just meeting at Roby Point? Oh yeah, probably road. been fine at Roby's Point. I okay. Think, well, it was so I picked up a, a pacer there. If yeah. I had a pacer already, I could have ran right through that at that point. It's so okay. close to the finish. You know what I mean? Like. Had it been like a normal race for you, yeah. that probably wouldn't have been. Oh, I wouldn't have. Yeah, normal race. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying this just as a blanket statement to crew. Um, 
I mean, it, not it, critical. Yeah, to not a crit crew at pointed. Yeah. But if you have a pacer, then you can just get right through pointed and get the rookie. I guess assess your assess your runner. We were trading yeah. out pacers. There's yeah, yeah, for sure. I think so that's yeah. Then. If you're gonna if you're gonna exchange a pacer, be there. Okay. Okay. That's so really that's just like grabbing something. Yeah, just it sounded like you were in and out anyways. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we did cause you stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said let me, but I wouldn't have stopped. Like oh, I've got the outfit the right. We're going. There was there was no time. So so Alex and Brian, where did you park um before meeting up at Roby Point? Did you park all the way down to the high school and walk up? Because it's a mile, right? No, we Roby. we parked we parked almost like halfway in between um, where the trail turns to road and where the high school is. Okay. So, so the car was virtually like halfway between where she came, where we could gain access to her and where she finished, um, which act we just chose cause it was congested, but it actually ended up being a pretty great place to park. Awesome. So you guys want to walk us through this? Cause I think, and from what I've seen in the live feeds the last couple of years, that last mile it seems really epic where the entire crew and the runner can celebrate coming into the finish. So you guys want to just take the one take of the, the ring here and walk us through that. Yeah. Everything speeds up and it, it sort of turns into tunnel vision. Um, one of the things that surprised me was there was a lot of spectators along that road, almost like mm -hmm. in what you would see in a normal marathon. Um, and what I thought was interesting was there's a pseudo aid station. That's really just like a pep rally area. There's no, there's no waters or anything. There's just a lot of people there. And it, what looked like cross country kids from high school or college with, um, like older guys that were encouraging these kids to run with the runners. Um, so there was, we were legit running with a group of people. Like we were making an inspirational video. Um, it, and yeah, that's exactly like, it really felt like the end of an, a very, yeah. Well, we had like a whole group from Roby point that ran with, yeah, there was people that came, from Roby they were, point. came running down the hill asking like, what do you need? What can we get you? Bring yeah. They, they were, watering was really just down and filling up water. Oh my yeah, God. It was, and they were really crazy. It was clear that they were trying to rally her because they knew that she was on the cusp of, of mm -hmm. not making it. Oh, uh, yeah. Not not from, making it. Greatness. From yeah. the live feed. Right, guys, not making it. Yeah, you guys were the center of attention. So all these people. 100%. I mean, we, you are now in the midst of golden hour, Um, you know, golden seconds. So, I mean, the energy that even was felt online watching was I can't imagine what it was like though. unreal well, and for I didn't even know any of that so I knew nothing about this right exactly I didn't I'd never even heard golden hour before so I thought this yeah. was unique to just Jen like I so I was like this is the craziest thing I've ever seen and it really did yeah. help her speed up like oh yeah I'm having a hard time it believing did. that she would have made it had that they not been rallying behind her and at mm -hmm. this point just us three, we had been with her the whole time, so I didn't feel like it was that much. It really took that extra um, umph to get, I think, her jazzed up to running, what was it, eight-minute miles at that point? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. 
She, yeah. Like she really ramped it up because when she came out of the woods, I thought she's still not going to make it. And after this, all, all this happened, I kept thinking, well, they'll easily let her finish or she'll, she'll get, mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. she'll get a medal because she's made it so close. Well, the guy behind her didn't. <laughs> so they're like legit cut off. So, um, the, the most interesting thing to me was that it actually, that she actually made it because I didn't think she was going to make it and that she was able to speed up and that everyone essentially helped her get there. It was the coolest thing to see. And Brian, your wife, Liz, was texting nonstop. Like she was in the trenches. It's like she was there with you. She had so much anxiety and um, just energy just radiating out just off her texts to me. And like all of a sudden I was now involved. Jen, I had never met you. I didn't even know what was going on. I just all of a sudden I was just so we're both out of the immersed, stand like, in front of the TV. Oh my gosh. Like it was, it was literally like the Olympics for some reason. And I was so involved and I had no idea what was going on or who you were, but I just knew Brian was there. And it was just like, it was so amazing. Like just, and then you guys crossed that finish line. Oh my gosh. It just, it was like, oh, unlike what? something I, that, that golden hour is just so, I'm sorry. I'm like yelling into the microphone. That golden hour is like so liberating it's just so powerful that you get to see these people who just want it so badly and you jen just i mean with the with the help of those three people on this call as well like who knows where you would have been had you not had them like pushing you along you know because the way they embraced you at that finish line and i know you've seen that image everywhere is you could like it's like Everybody just grabbed the screen and like hugged you too. Yeah. It was just like a, it was such a moment. And I don't, I don't know if you, I'm sure you felt that way too. Just so yeah. How did, how was that experience coming down into the, the stadium there? It was, it was overwhelming. Yeah. I've never had that many people really care. Typically, your family doesn't even care that much. <laughs> no, they were there. Dangers. <laughs> That's right. They don't care. It's not to be mean, but they just, you know, it's they get tired. It's long time. I'm going to finish one of these things. They're not into it. So, like, I, yeah. So, that's why you have friends. <laughs> Well, okay, so you guys you guys get on, I guess this is the what I want to know, is like when you guys hit that track, do yeah. you know, like you're watching, You can you see a clock? Do you know what's kind of going on? Like, well, do you know your countdown? No, until I had that no idea. Away. I had no idea, but they made it seem like it's possible. So, and then at the last second, somebody said, somebody told me I was going to have to go four times around that track. And I didn't even <laughs> I was like going as fast as I could. I'm like, there's, I get a quarter away and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make this. I don't even know what time it is, but there's no way I can sprint four times around this track. And then when I got away to, to the half point, I mean, I had, I was with it enough that I could see the clock mm -hmm. and see what time it was. And I was like, there's no way that this chip is going over that mat four times. That would be bullshit. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know what I mean? I know that wouldn't work. So I just went for it. That was all I could think to do. And it felt like everybody was running with me. 
Like, please, you know, they can't touch you. They can't help you. They can't like, you know, right. you saw some runners, you know, with the lean and, you know, they're just all yeah. trying to like keep them upright and like, you know, don't DQ you at 99 point. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is yep. At least I wasn't doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was, whoo, it was crazy. And the thing is, yeah, we didn't, I never knew about Golden Hour either. I had no idea that it was a big deal or anything. I had no oh, prior to that. So it was a complete shock to me for that to be happening and it was a big deal and it was on T. I didn't know it was going to be televised. Like, I didn't know about any of that. It was crazy. Yeah, it was straight. It. I can't even, yeah. And what I felt. It's crazy because I've actually won. Okay, I have to bring this up every time because I was the last person in this race. Okay, shut up. <laughs> I've won a 100-miler before. I mean, I'm not. And I trust me, I didn't get this attention. <laughs> Nobody I was there. Like, you won, Jen. Yeah, Sarah yeah, was there. He let me eat a candy bar, and then we hit the road and drove eight hours after that. <laughs> but, there's, but there's nobody there. Like, literally, the race director was the only there was a, there. Yeah, the, the the guy that came in before me was there. We, like, high-fived and stuff because, like, we rose. Really there's it. There's, like, a total of probably five other people at the whole finish line when you won. Yeah. Right. Now, this isn't normal for you. You're not, like, the back of the pack, like, end of the caboose runner. Yeah. So this is not. Yeah, well, that was my normal. A wild I am thankful for that experience because, yeah, it, it, it's, it was a more amazing Maybe it just it just taught me so much. You know what I mean? It really did. Like to be at the back like that and to come through at the end and to have everybody rally to that that's a gift to me. That's such a gift. I'm gonna have for the rest of my life I'll have that, you know? No other race can really sure. So it can't be topped. Well and I'm riding on that too, because I'll never have it myself. Well we're out there. On that last like four miles or so to get to Roby Point, uh, Alex and I's drive was taxing, a uh, windy road. Um, I think heat of the day, I felt like garbage, and Alex is like like a roller coaster going through these roads to get us to the high school area. I felt horrible, uh, <laughs> hanging my head out when I'm not feeling well. But from a crew perspective, where we parked, we then hiked and walked that last mile that we were going to eventually run with Jen. We just walked it backwards to Roby Point, and we sat up there for that cup rally area. And it very much resembles something that you would see at a Ragnar, where your whole team runs the last like quarter mile together, in this case, a mile or a mile and a half together. So... Everybody except for us, when the runner came in, was just kind of just trotting and just celebrating. And it's just like a, a, a long one-mile run that's just real celebratory. Ours was anything but that. Um, so that's the usual atmosphere. As people come up to Roby Point, it's very laid back, um, except for those that are at the very, very end. And then it's actually like stressful and intense and everything you could possibly imagine every emotion alex and i i mean uh, i i, I my, my eyes 
like I just kept looking at my watch and kept looking at my watch and just kept swearing and, and Alex I think just eventually walked away from me because I'm like this is this is going to be close this is going to be close is all we kept saying the whole way and every runner that came up to that point we were just screaming at them to keep going don't wait um and the girl at that checkpoint or or what what do you want to refer to it as was you know calling in the last runners on the hill and when they didn't say yes we thought that was it we thought you know because once you, you make it to Roby point they can't cut you like you can finish beyond 30 hours um and they'll let you cross the thing correct yep but you'll get cut at Roby point with a mile on an half to go and they won't let you finish so when they called her name or they didn't call her name on the last people going up the hill that's when that's when i thought it was gone i, I didn't think and then and then alex was walk further down the hill and he comes coming up and he's like she's on she's on her way up but um uh, yeah so she it was super intense well done and um the there was a gentleman that just poor Jen and all just really barking at him to keep going and and his, and his crew and pacers keep going and he just kind of looked at me and he just dropped to the ground and just was laying on the ground and then so I ran I I ran to the gal at the walkie talkie to to get a medic meanwhile his crew was calling an ambulance which. Does anybody know who that was? Yeah, I checked. He, no. he was okay. He, he, they, but who is it? So while that's occurring, Jen is on the hill. We eventually run past him, but we actually, during just before entering the ice school, we had to um, avoid the ambulance that was coming down the course. I don't even know if that got captured on camera or not. Um, but I don't. We. One of the other things I distinctly can remember, and I didn't bother looking up, but you could hear the drones above us filming as we were running that last mile in. And um, and Alex is absolutely right. There there was a marathon feel to it. That whole mile was people on both sides yelling Jen's name. So the people leaning in front of us telling them Jen last runner. And so they were just yelling her name and like directing us, like when you enter the the school or the track, you don't know where to turn or go. And, and we had no idea how close it would be. And that's when me, like personally, that's when I realized how big of a thing this was, was when we entered the stadium and I realized how like intense it was and he lied. I don't know if I'll ever experience that again. I mean, I still get goosebumps about it. So it was so loud, so crazy. Thought they were so loud. That's so yeah. cool. Wow. So you you guys cross this finish line. You guys stand there like an embrace, and you did it. I think you had a couple seconds to spare. Twenty seconds. Twenty one seconds. Yeah. Is that what it was? Twenty one seconds. So. 
I mean, what did you guys do after you finish um, to, to kind of circle this full circle? Because, you know, we've, we've been talking about this. I kept so getting shoved out of the way so the paparazzi could take <laughs> pictures of that. <laughs> they, you're, I'm sure there's a ton of images. They just like, there's... can you please move? They're trying to get pictures. I'm like, if she's my partner. <laughs> Well, and the and the weird thing was is that like uh, people swooped in to like introduce themselves to later have them uh, have her do a podcast with them. So like there was several people that were like, "Hey, Jen, great run!" And she's like, "Oh, thank you so much." And they're like, "Hey, after this, call me. We'll do a podcast." And I thought this is like ambulance chasers. Hard, hard. But the interesting thing about it to me was you have to wait for the buckle to be made. So her, since they engrave her buckle and she's last, they can't have the ceremony until her buckle's engraved. So there's a long time between even when she finished and when the ceremony was because they were making all the buckles. So it's not like at a normal race you get your stuff and leave like they were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it's like trail run festival, hang out, see all the famous trail runners that nobody else has ever heard of. And you um, get to hang out all day. That Brian got sunburned, and um, but but the, the the general feel is fantastic. It's like a music festival because there's people everywhere. They're all hanging out because everyone has to be there to get their buckle, right? So yeah, for sure, it's it's the great equalizer. Um, and so it was really interesting to see all those people versus having the people that finished first leave and then just have the people that are finishing last there. Yeah. Yeah, that is something special. That is something special about Western. Everybody shows up at the after the race to get your buckle. So you're forced to stick if you want to get a buckle. Yeah, because it's a they hand out every single run and they hand yeah. out the buckle, correct? Yeah. yeah. On stage. So I didn't know that all they're near. They're making them as they finish, right? Because it's of course yep. not in advance. So it I didn't know that until that day. And therefore, like you can't skip out and it's just a much more communal feel and it makes sense to come in last at that point right <laughs> if you're being 100 percent. i mean you i'm sure you got more publicity than the one person in front of you that was like i know you know six seconds ahead of you Jack, what are you yeah like mark didn't get any <laughs> yeah well but i talked about him on every single podcast mark was that the husband no mark smith he was from Minnesota as well, and he also came in. He came in like next to last. <laughs> right. What wasn't he? Okay. I mean, there was another guy. People in between. You know. Yeah, there was a couple, but like in a minute, hmm. he was down to the wires. Because he passed yeah. us when you were, like head down, like right at like I can't go. I'm like, all right, you got three seconds, and we're moving. <laughs> Oh, all right. So well, to wrap this up. Yeah, just a nutshell. In a nutshell, from this is for the crew, from your perspective, rank this experience on a scale from one to 10, one being the easiest and 10 being difficult. Where do you guys put this at? Alex, you go. 10. Difficult. Yeah. It's totally changed the way I communicate with anybody that's pacing or crewing me because now I know I feel like I know how hard it is and it seems harder to be a, a pacer or a crew person in this case than it does to actually run it yes yeah spoken like a true runner and crew member 
I just see both sides. Follow the ribbons, follow the, the road. And, and, and if you do not like people, then this is not the place for you because it's... Yeah, it's very people It's like going to the mall. People are crowds in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot. Yeah. Sarah, what do you, what's your take? I would say um, this was probably my least favorite one to crew just because there's so few spots to actually get to crew and getting to all of those spots was very difficult. Um, so, okay. I mean, overall, the experience was absolutely amazing and I would never like give that experience up. But it was probably like the, the least fun to crew just because sure. there's so few spots to see her and getting to all of those spots was difficult. Sure. Brian. Well, um, yeah, from a brewing standpoint, one of the more difficult reasons to do simply because of the long distance. Um, length of time to get to those spots. Um, and yeah, access points aren't as accommodating as they are in most of the West races that we do. Being on the point, or there's a long distance you got to think about, right? We talked about uh, staying in the finish line area and drive instead of losing maybe a night at the starting line and then two nights at finish. Uh, in a separate location. Um, so those aspects of it made it more difficult. Um, from a pacing perspective, Jen was very difficult. Uh, I had done other pacing exploits and, uh, with Jen, I had to lie to her more often. I had to yell at her more often. Uh, so there was definitely a challenge. <laughs> 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 that she would survive which would not she wouldn't have finished without it um but with me i think she had a piece of bacon and like a piece of pickle for five hours better and well you know you know if you've been at this if you've ran enough and you've been at the back of the pack because you're having a bad day, that has an impact on everybody, right? It cha- totally changes the experience for everybody, and you got to be ready for that. Yeah, they're not always fun. Yeah, we we ain't. I mean, right? We had all these ideas and plans that threw us to who was going to run in the time that we thought we were going to be running at. Not even close. Not even close. I thought I was going to be running at, um, you know, like early evening or late evening and then I, you know it was like alex i think started running and it was like beaver almost and it was just yeah. so you're sleeping and you know you just had to improvise all of that so that that changed things well um and yeah just super intense but immensely gratifying and i'm just are you sure and you that you that you came in when you did because it's, it's, this is... I feel like you guys are disappointed. <laughs> I, I, you won't remember that I told you when we... I didn't know this. You. This, will, this would have haunted you if you had not finished it. I know that. And it changed things immensely for you. She also got a bunch of pairs of shoes and a, a whole... Bunch. 
but you, we got no. I did. Alex and I, I think lost shoes. Uh, <laughs> she didn't get a more uh, sponsorship. I think I got. Not, not yet. Yeah, yeah, not yet. Oh, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we we didn't get spot. We got you know bad hot dogs and some you. Hey, you got the opportunity to be invited by Jen. So, so Jen, take it, take it, and wrap it out for us. What are your thoughts and uh, takeaways from this race? Mine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll, it, we'll end with. I mean, you. I'm. I mean, I I thought it was an amazing race. You know, I wish after hearing my group. I wish I would have met their expectations. I don't remember anybody needing to yell at me a lot. I don't remember that at all. Uh, oh, oh, no. he bumped her computer. Yeah. No, she's back. This race oh, changes she... how I Okay, wait. Wait, wait. Jen, Jen. Jen's back. Jen. Yeah. You need, you need to continue. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I am, I am, I didn't realize that it was, I mean, I knew that the logistics were really rough. I knew that that was hard, but I thought, um, I guess I thought that, you know, being able to run the race was worth it. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, I, from my perspective as a runner, I mean, my crew, like, they were amazing. Um, I don't remember everybody having to yell at me that much. I mean, I just knew I had to keep going. And, but but anyways, it's so weird to be able to hear them say what they've said. Um, and yeah, it um, will inform me. Next time, I don't think I'm going to invite them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to say, this, how did you this want is perfect. Listen to the boys. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the type of crew you want because they can give you so much crap at the end and laugh about it. And you know they're not serious. And it's just, yeah, this is the this is the humor you need when you're pushing 29 and a half hours and you need a group like this that's like, I don't care who you are, Jen. We're going to get you in and out. You're not stopping. And, and I don't care. Cool. And I don't care how hard it is to crew this race. We're going to get through this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I am very appreciative, and they're right. Like, they don't get it. I was the one that got invited in all the podcasts, and I got a bunch of free shoes from Ultra. Um, you know, that I'm so glad that I'm appreciative of you guys for having this podcast. That way we can ha have the opportunity to highlight the trials and tribulations. What it is. <laughs> The candid conversations well, of the crew. we're we're honored to that that you took the time with your crew, Alex, Sarah, Brian, to come on here and yeah, just talk about it. It's fun. It's fun to hear from the crew's perspective because you know I've heard my you know I've heard Jory tell me stories of crewing some of my races that I just had no clue. I mean, my first was it my first year A or my second year A where my son fell asleep in the car and never got to see me finish. Yeah. <laughs> Passed out. And it was 41 hours later. We did all that time. We still didn't make the finish line. But anyways, thank you guys so much. And I know this was a little long, but what I appreciate about, appreciate about this conversation is that it was more of like story time and mixed in with some crewing information, which wholeheartedly I, I love because it makes it a little more fun to, instead of being so regimented and being so serious about it, like this was a fun conversation. And so I know it was long, but thanks for sticking through all the 
the uh, lengthy stories that we all <laughs> wanted to hear. So we'll let you guys go and uh, get this podcast running up and running. And I can't wait to hear the final cut too. Yeah, it'll be fun. It was great. And yeah, like likewise, thank you so much for sharing the stories and spending the time. So thank you. And good luck on good luck on your next adventures. Hey, everyone. A massive thanks to Jennifer and her crew for allowing us to peek behind the curtain during their Western States crewing adventures this year. We had so much fun listening to their friendly banter and classic crewing style. We hope we've brought some laughter to your day and maybe a little bit of insight to your next Western States race. Stay tuned for more fun and entertaining episodes here at UCH. If you have any additional feedback or comments, please let us know. You can always visit us at ultracrewhub.com and also on IG at ultracrewhub.com.